Welcome to Velo Unlocked, the podcast for baseball players that want to play at the next level. In this episode, we are joined by Michael Lombardi. Mike has been a Velo U athlete for seven years, even prior to the Velo U name existing. Mike just finished up his freshman season at Tulane, where he was a 2A, playing both the infield and pitching. Mike appeared in 21 games in relief and struck out 28. Mikey, thanks for sitting down with us, and I am super excited to dive into this because I think you've had an interesting experience in terms of your progression to getting recruited, and then even now into your first year, having talked to you throughout that time. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to you know shed some light on kind of like that whole process and everything I went through. So let's dive in right away into what that first um, sort of recruiting process for you was like, and. You know, how different was it from maybe what you expected it to be and then how it actually played out? Yeah, so going through it, I mean, there were a good number of schools that, you know, would reach out. And, you know, at first it's really exciting because, you know, you're, you feel wanted. You feel like all these coaches are, you know, making these big pitches that they really, you know, love you. And then at some point you kind of don't really, you know, have that, you know, 100% like feel good fit that you're looking for necessarily. And that's when... At least I made the move of almost trying to recruit other schools on my own. Like I would be the one who was trying to like reach out and, you know, draw this interest. And kind of as I went along, like that might have helped me, you know, get on the radar of some schools. But it wasn't until the very end when uh, like I found that perfect fit in Tulane that uh, I really felt like I was at home. Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you know, nowadays, obviously with uh showcases and you know different recruiting opportunities for guys it's it's often that you know and and i think it has something to do with society where people will lay back right and they're just going to wait on the person who maybe is supposed to help them get recruited or they're going to just rely on their own statistics and i think what's important to note here is you know we're not talking about somebody who was throwing you know 86 out of high school and unable to hit, right? Like, you know, you were throwing 93 coming out of high school and could hit and hit well in high school. And, um, so to, you know, I obviously during that whole time period, I was commending you for being the one reaching out, but I think it's even more commendable now looking back and just understanding like the fortitude that took to say, you know what, I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to make sure that I'm in the position I need to be in. Uh, and I'm not going to rely on somebody. Yeah, I did a good job of surrounding myself with people that had done it. And being here was a huge thing just because, you know, think about all those guys that are older than me. And like, I'd be a 13 year old and you'd put me on a rack with Aaron Winkler, who'd be mm-hmm. split squatting 400 pounds. And I'm there just trying to get, you know, 135 on my back. Mm. But uh, surrounding myself with people that did it, having those great connections and then realizing, you know, it's not going to be like a one day process of, oh, I'm going to start showing up to the gym and then it's just going to happen. It's, you know, kind of taking it like day by day and everybody who says trust the process, but they don't really know what that means. Mm. It's the fact that you have to show up every day, even when you don't feel like it. And you have to kind of have the discipline of knowing what you want in the future takes a lot of sacrifice for, you know, in the moment. Sure. Yeah. And in the moment, right. Not immediate gratification. And I think a lot of times why people struggle with trust the process is they may not trust their network. And, you know, you hit on a great point there is that, Yes, sure. You're in this building. There's a lot of guys that have been through that and, um, you know, have a you know huge breadth of experience with it. But uh, you also extended yourself, right? You pushed to grow your network. You asked them the questions. You probed them with, 
you know, how would you have gone through this? Or, you know, and similar to the questions I'm going to be asking you now, which is like, hey, having gone through that, what is your advice to, you know, a let's call it a freshman and sophomore that is, you know, leaning between do I need to go to PBR events, PG events? Do I need to do this? Or, you know, how do I get myself out there? Yeah, the biggest thing to me is don't put yourself out there until you're ready. I think a lot of kids make that mistake and they're freshmen and sophomores in high school and they haven't really developed. I was more of like a, like an early grower. I was a pretty big kid, especially like early on in high school. But uh, some kids will, you know, be freshmen, be sophomores and not really have any tools that are like screaming out to coaches mm-hmm. and they'll end up going to those events and, you know, not really showcasing themselves in like the light that they want to be seen. But so I would say the first and biggest thing is, you know, improve those tools, get yourself to become like the player you think a college would want. But in terms of when you get there, you know, reaching out to schools and all those events, I mean, you'll see when you go to an event like PBR, Perfect Game, how big like this country is and how many players there are. And there's a lot of guys that are kind of vying for the same spots. So just kind of trusting that the school is going to find you just because you hit 400 in high school. Right isn't enough. Yeah. You need to be proactive, playing on the right teams, knowing the right people, asking the right questions, because just kind of, you know, letting the process happen. I mean, I'm sure there's some guys that they're big time players and they're going to play at, you know, the matter days and all those schools, those big high schools that have, you know, national attention. But if you're like me at Fox Lane High School in Westchester, New York, I mean, my coach at Tulane's never heard of that. Right. So it wasn't enough for me to just have a good high school year. Right. I had to be the one to put my name out there. Right. Very good. Very good. So, okay. Now let's transfer into uh, leading up to before you get on campus. What kind of emotions are going through your head? What are you expecting college to be like? What are you thinking college baseball is going to be like? A little bit of self-doubt. I think it's definitely, it's not fair to say that I was like, hundred percent confident that I was going to show up and be the guy right away or anything like that. I mean, sure. But I mean, show- that's somewhat natural. Yeah. It's hundred percent. You don't got to lie about that. You can, you know, be a little bit nervous and worried because you know, I'm not going back to Fox Lane. I'm going across the country. I'm going down South right. place. I've never been I'm going to live away from my family, all that. So it was a little bit of like that, you know, nervous and anxious feeling. But uh, I'd say that, you know, once I got there, it's just a little bit of like a culture shock right away. But you know, as long as you like put your head down and surround yourself with the right people, you you kind of feel like you belong pretty much right away. Mm. Yeah, speak to that a little bit um, in terms of making because you you especially for you, right? You're you're talking about going from New York to New Orleans, right? And and completely leaving all your network behind, right? Uh, which is is tough, and especially heading into a highly competitive environment, right? So how do you form that new network and and make sure that you can lean on it? Well, from the jump, I mean, when you you get recruited and you're on really any team, usually there's, you know, we had 40 guys when I showed up in the fall. There's 39 guys pretty much just like me Mm -hmm. that are kind of there for the same reason to, you know, develop as a player, professional chances, you know, get a good education, all that. So kind of like having those guys to lean on and quickly you'll realize, you know, who are the guys that you want to surround yourself with Mm. and letting them push you and kind of have that like natural competition is so important. Cause I mean, here, my best friends that I've known since I was nine or 10 years old, I mean, 
I would do anything to beat any of one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'd be doing pull downs out here when I was 15, 16. Right. And all that mattered is I threw harder than the next guy. Yep. And I was just, you know, keeping that distance and keeping out front. And that's really how you develop as a player. So I feel like finding those guys that are going to push you and help you develop and help you stay out of trouble. That's the biggest key. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, where people get in trouble, especially when developing, um, you know, their network when they're first getting to school and, you know, you sort of touched on it and and it is understanding that I want people around me that represent the identity that I want to be or that I want to be known for, not necessarily putting myself in this extremely comfortable situation where the people I'm around are just, you know, at my level or below, and they're not necessarily pushing me to be anything outside of my box. Um, and I think that's super important at a young age. And I know for me, um, going to school, I ended up connecting first with uh, extremely older guys, like seniors on the team, um, because it they just represented that identity significantly more than perhaps some of the younger guys initially that were sort of lost just like myself in the beginning. Yeah, there are definitely guys at my program that were, you know, the exact same where I'm going to name drop one guy. His name is Brady Bear, Great teammate, played three years at LSU Eunice, won a Juco World Series. So just a guy that kind of knows how to win. And if you ask anybody around our program about one guy on our team that just does things the right way, it's him. Mm. Just he shows up, puts his head down, doesn't say much, but he's got a lot to say because yep. you're inclined to listen to him. Yeah. And you could ask anybody if you could follow one guy, it would 100% be him. So kind of just being able to pick his brain and be around him and recognize pretty much from day one that that's the kind of teammate and you know leader I want to be, mm. that that was definitely a huge thing for my development rather than you know hooking on to someone else who may not have the same kind of level of focus and sure yeah he did not same drive everything um cool so talk to me about now like uh any differences that you thought college baseball was going to be like in terms of your pre-notions heading in compared to what it was when you got there uh i expected it to be a whole different game but to be honest it's just baseball i think that's the biggest thing i think people kind of you know, blow it up because they see these big names on TV mm -hmm. and whatnot. But I mean, the key as a pitcher is throw the ball over the white and <laughs> throw it hard. And if you can do that, you're going to have success. I feel like people can overcomplicate it. And I felt found myself doing that same thing where you know, you're kind of don't necessarily trust your stuff. You're not going after hitters. You're kind of working around them because you feel like your stuff's not necessarily going to play. But it's the same old thing. If you just keep those uh, base on balls down, <laughs> yeah. you're going to have success. Yeah, for sure. What about, um, how about how competitive it is? Did you think it was going to be as competitive? Was it more competitive? It's kind of hard to say. I always expect it to be competitive, but you don't realize how good. It's not like in high school where you just show up and you're probably playing, you know, starting every game. You could go for 20 and you're mm -hmm. just going to get put back in the lineup. I mean, you, you got to perform. And that's like yeah. the biggest thing. And in the fall, if there's, you know, you you have a good week and they put you with like the starters yep. per se, or like the first team, you know, there's 20 other guys that are kind of vying for that spot and it's all natural and it's nothing against those guys. I mean, if I was in that position and I was for pretty much the whole year, I wasn't a guy that was, you know, getting first team reps the entire time. 
And I don't think any of them would have been mad that I was kind of coming for their spot because everybody right. was looking out and for off their own career and wants to, you know, make a difference on the team. Now, um, you did get to play quite a bit this coming year, right? And, you know, there was definitely some circumstances and that transpired right before you actually left and everything that, you know, led to some really fortunate opportunities for you to play at such a young age at such a prestigious uh, program. How, how did that impact your confidence? And then how do you think that impacts your confidence moving forward? The coaching staff did a great job of kind of insisting like, you're not just a freshman when you walk in. I mean, mm. you're, you're a member of the team. It's not like you got to like, there are some dues to be paid, but you're not just some runt that's, you know, going through the motions mm. and not going to get opportunities. <laughs> they, uh, they want to win. That's like the biggest thing. And any college, anybody that says that your college coach is, you know, playing his favorites or whatnot, they're playing the guys that they trust and, you know, can go out there and play hard and, you know, get it done. So I feel like the coaching staff did a great job of just kind of making it almost an open tryout and mm. in the fall. And there's no preset starters, whatever you want to say. Everybody on my team that got time earned it, earned it the hard way. And uh, that's just how you know you're at a good program because with that competition, you mean, our coaches always say oh, iron sharpens iron. Mm. And that's just the biggest thing where everybody developed even more. And we had guys break out and make some big plays down the stretch that uh, you know, helped us reach our goals at the end of the season. Now, uh, does that give you more confidence because it's uh, highly competitive or does that, make it, does that make it more daunting, more of that self-doubt come back? I think it gives you more confidence because you know that your, your playing time and what happens to you is up to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy for a lot of people probably to look at that situation as like, oh shoot, like I'm gonna have to go earn this. Mm -hmm. But if you take it and you're more like step-by-step, step, instead of looking at, I'm going to try to earn this job, it's, I'm going to be the first one in the weight room. I'm going to be the guy that, you know, stays after uh, practice and, you know, yep. cleans up and I'm going to be the one who treats my teammates really well. Those small steps are definitely super beneficial in kind of reaching what you want mm. in the end. Great perspective there. Um, all right. So on top of everything, you're a two way. Yeah. <laughs> talk about, talk about how that throws a wrench in sort of just, you know, playing. It's tough because there'd be games where I would throw really well. I'll have a great outing, throw a few innings in relief stuff's on. I'll be ready to throw out the bat. I'm just done. I'll throw, <laughs> throw the middle infield glove away and just stay on the mound. And then next week I can't crack 90 and yeah. smash a couple balls in the gap. And then yeah. you know, I'm ready to just step away from the mound. So it's kind of just keeping them both in perspective and realizing that, you know, me being able to do both gives me more of an opportunity to make a difference and get on the field and kind of keeps my options open going forward. And I'm still kind of like undecided on like what the future holds. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody in high school seems like they're two way and sure wants to play shortstop and wants to be the Friday night starter when they get to college. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's kind of really up to what the team needs and what our season dictates. So just having those, both those alleyways open is, uh, was definitely important to me on where I went to school also. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, balancing, sort of the work threshold, how was that in terms of, you know, your body recovering and like how much extra attention did you have to pay towards recovery? I definitely learned a lot about that because 
early on, I didn't do a great job. Mm. I mean, high school, our season is five, six weeks, 19 games. My fall was more than 19 games. We <laughs> right. played 25, 30, like inner squads or whatever it ends up being. We live at bats. I mean, the pure volume of like throws across the infield. And I keep in mind, I'm a freshman, so I'm trying to, you know, prove that, you know, I can pick it and I can defend at this level. And then I'm trying to throw that I can be a strike thrower and I got the stuff to get guys out. So trying to find that like balance of not overdoing it, but at the same time, you know, trying to prove who I am was really tough to find. And I feel like as I got later in the fall, my body started to fatigue. I didn't do a good enough job of, you know, like recovering and getting my body right. So you could see my stuff kind of tick down towards the end. We came back from Christmas break, went back into our like preseason inner squads. And then you could see immediately my stuff had ticked back up. I'd gotten bigger, stronger. And then from there, I kind of did a much better job of, you know, staying healthy and getting ready to compete. And I saw that in the air through, you know, north of 30 innings and mm. didn't really have any major uh, issues and was able to take the ball, whatever my name was called. Okay, cool. So we've had this major opportunity to be a two-way. We've gotten plenty of playing time. Um, in retrospect, now that you've seen how much talent is actually there, right? Because it's, it's hard to imagine until you step foot on campus, until you play with these other guys, when you can realize, oh my God, like they're all great. Yeah. Would that have changed your decision to go to one of these big time schools, do you think? I would definitely say that not playing, although like it may seem like not too big a deal, it's it's tough to not play. I mean, it's not a secret that everybody right. wants to get out there and wants to, you know, make an impact. So I feel like definitely like a lot of kids lose sight of that in the recruiting process, especially with these like really, really like big schools and big names. And it can be extremely tough decision and to maybe sacrifice the level or the potential level you could be playing college baseball to take a step back, find a program that really could like develop you. Because the only way you're going to develop and get the chance to keep playing is finding a place you could play. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to get some opportunities early, but looking back on it, I definitely made the right decision in terms of where I could go to develop. And I feel like a lot of kids can overlook that aspect of the development piece because they get attracted to the name of the school. Mm. All right. Finishing off here, what advice would you give your junior year self right now? Junior year, that's pretty young. Uh, I can't even think back to what I was doing junior year. Well, uh, it was COVID. <laughs> COVID, we co so. coming back, come back from COVID. <laughs> it was COVID, so let's let's scratch yeah, out that COVID. Way, that way, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Don't COVID. COVID. We're just talking we're regular normal junior. You're talking to a junior right now, yeah. right? And you know this kid is contemplating certain schools or even a sophomore, right? And they're thinking about the recruiting process and they're thinking about what they should be handling. Make a. If you're getting recruited, make connections with the coaches because that's like, that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's a lot easier to like go through struggles and, you know, have, cause I mean, there's ups and downs throughout an entire college season. You don't gotta tell yeah. me, I, I've had the highest of highs, I had the lowest of lows, you know, both on offense and on the mound. So I feel like having a good connection with your coach, cause you're going to spend more time with your coaching staff than you are with your own family yep. during the year. So I got fortunate enough with, you know, Coach Ullman, Coach Bridgman, Coach Izio that 
you know, they kind of treated me with respect every day. And we had such a good relationship that they could kind of, you know, let me kind of go through the storm, go through all the ob obstacles and come out the other end, like better and more mature and tougher. So those kids that are getting recruited as juniors make connections. And although you shouldn't necessarily choose the school for the coaching staff, playing for a coach that cares about you and your family is much more important than the actual name that you're playing for. Awesome point. Thank you very much. And super excited to watch this upcoming year, man. Sir, big off season. Yeah, yeah.